class lads like me, we're not meant to get out. I thought to myself, fuck me, am I going to war with these fucking kids? I was laid down, had a girl on my lap and a girl on my face. And I was just like, I just went on an absolute meltdown, like hit that red button. What's your inner monologue there? Life is bullshit. There was a part of me that was like, I'd rather be dead than this, really. What keeps you up at night? process one of the big boys quite literally it's um it's brian right brian to you um you may know him as uh, true geordie and uh we've been talking about doing this for quite a while mm. and actually when i first started the channel i i tweeted you and said i've got this idea of the process chatting to people about this kind of stuff and and yeah i said i'd like to do it with you so and it you, sounds an awful lot like the true geordie podcast yeah and i was like well slightly different but if i could use your studio and your mics that'd be great well um, and here we are which is great and there's one question that i like because we've we've become mates over the last so i guess year or whatever and there's been a question that i've wanted to ask you throughout from what i've kind of sort of seen as we've worked together and stuff like that and it's about this word right doubt what do you think what's the first thing that comes to your mind when i say to you the word doubt i don't have much of it well that's it because when you came in with XO you're chatting often people were quite like you were polite or all those things but you also said the phrase I don't fail at YouTube one thing (laughs) and one thing that I've noticed like time and again is that you don't have any time for doubt Mm. is that fair do you think that's a fair thing to say yeah I remember that Uh, we were in a meeting with um, a lot of people I'd never met before a whole team of people I'd never met before probably about 25 Mm. You think that's about right? Yeah, so a lot of people, people in that room. That yeah, there was. Yeah, and, right. and, I, and I thought myself, um, I don't know any of them, but I want to make it known because I knew I was in the room with people who had failed before, and it was as much about saying about me as it was saying about them. Of you're, you're. I know this is arrogant, but I really believe it. Like you're with a fucking winner now and I don't care what's happened before. I don't care if you fucked up in the past. You're either going to win with me or I'm not going to let you make me fail. I don't give a fuck what's happened. Right. As I was making it, it wasn't about it wasn't about me. It was about them as much as it was. I was taken aback by the, the confidence of it. So this is why the reason I bring that up is, yeah, so what do you think about that word doubt? Well, how, do you, how do you take that into life and what's, why do you have no time for it? Because, so this is the reason why I want to ask you this, is because <coughs> I'd also like to ask you this question. Do you think you have a bit of a, a chip on your shoulder? Yeah. So what I find amazing about you, bro, is <gasps> that you are constantly, when I'm around you, contradicting yourself. Mm. In a, in a, not in a bad way, in a, in a way that just kind of highlights how complicated people are. And so yeah. the fact that you've got no time for doubt, but at the same time you've got a chip on your shoulder, that chip, where does that chip on your shoulder come from? Well... Because that doesn't make sense. 
If you've got a chip on your shoulder, why have you got no time for doubt? What do you mean? You're going to have to identify what you mean by chip on the shoulder, so I understand exactly what you mean. So when it comes to chip on the shoulder, you're, you've had moments in your career, and I guess you, well, I'd need you to... That's a guess. That's a like a curious assumption, maybe, from me, that you, you've had moments in your life where people have judged you for no reason right, or okay. looked at you okay. a certain way. So I am doubted, but I don't doubt me. That's the basics of what I'm talking about. Right. I am, I've got a chip on my shoulder because a lot of my life, even down to being a kid, people have uh, doubted us and I've been proved right a lot in everything, instincts I've had or um, in, in ideas I've had, I've been proved right. Mm. I've been thought of as an idiot many times um, and that leaves you with a chip on your shoulder of... Do I have to keep explaining myself to people, man? Have I not gotten to a certain point yet where people just trust us? Mm. So that fucks us off. And especially when I get to a point now where I can build uh, YouTube channels and, um, and companies can come to me to get something done and I can achieve that, even though the people asking me to do it have got the university education and I don't. What what what? Uh, what it leaves me is having this irritation where when I'll then say, right, this is what we're going to do then, and then they were, well, are you sure about that? And it's like, well, you're fucking coming to me because you can't do it, pal. Mm. So why the fuck are we having this conversation? Give me the control. Let me get the job done and get out me way. So I think well, I'm going to park that there because I want to come back to that's you now, mm. right? Have you have you always had? So if everyone's always doubted you, surely somewhere along the road you've had doubt in yourself, or have you not? Because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, so that's what I'm intrigued to know no. about that side of you, about <coughs> your, I'm a your fully, weaknesses. So I'm a grown man now. So I'm a f- I'm, I'm, I am, uh, even in my late 20s, I, I, as young men do, you get to a point where uh, you're becoming the person that you're going to be. And I feel like there's a middle point in everyone's life, and some have it sooner or later, where you have this like, that's what I've been building to. And I'm there now, right. and I know who I am. Yeah. But to get to that point, you have to go through a lot of shit. And some people never even ever get there. I feel like you're always sort of floundering or whatever, some people. That lack of doubt, is that based on those previous experiences of it working out? Because there must have been moments where it hasn't worked out. Well, there's times in my life where I've I've doubted myself and I thought, oh, fuck. Like what? Oh, it's like going back to being at school and all sorts, do you know what I mean? Or having opinions of what I should do with my life, jobs I should try and do. Fucked loads of things up because, like, even when I started YouTube, well, that's yeah. I mean, so that's like for me with it as it's going on. We've had a load of conversations about that. Like, I, I, I have loads of doubt, mm. but it's kind of I understand the road that you're that you're miles ahead on. Mm. Of like, well, I did what my instinct said mm-hmm. and it worked. And I guess maybe you think that's at this moment in your life now, you're just so much further down the road. So, but it's it's uh, when you. I've made a lot of decisions that people thought were stupid in my life, but now nobody like is laughing. Uh, who who was laughing at that moment? So like, career decisions and that. Uh, so like what? Had an apprenticeship when I was a young kid. Really solid engineering apprenticeship where I was going to go down that road where I'd have a steady job, probably earning forty grand a year or whatever. Like, but I jacked it in because I was not happy. I was miserable in the factory. I was not enjoying the work I was doing. I wasn't into it I was never going to be good at it because I wasn't into it Mm. so um, when I jacked that in 
one who uh, I wasn't uh, close to me dad, but I had a best mate whose dad was really like good for me. Right. Still is to this day. Um, and he was like, oh, I thought you were fucking mental when you jacked your apprenticeship in. Like he's he's told us this since then. Right. Um, and Does a lot of people did because all me mates were then on this track of getting a trade. Because in Newcastle, having a trade is like having a degree in London, I guess, you know, like you've got that yeah. thing to fall back on where someone's going to need a plumber, engineer, electrician forever. So therefore, you're always going to have work and you're always going to have a means of living. I understand the logic behind it, but I just, I was just on this journey in my head of, oh, I want to be happy. And that was what it was all about. And me mom put that into me, like, do what makes you happy at the end of the day. I mean, w within reason. You know yeah. I mean? But so I just, I changed. I went back to college, floundered some more, um, fucked around, thought I was going to join the military. I started training, started running, believe it or not. Um, and like, I was doing... Yeah, where's that treadmill? I, I was doing... Uh, oh, is yeah, it back up north, is that? I literally did a mile and a half um, in under 10 minutes on a treadmill, which is very fucking hard. People think I'm unfit and all that shit. I managed, I did that not long ago, right? <laughs> I was I was about nine stone lighter, I've right, got to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Right? But I was really fit, I was into it. And then I went to um, the Royal Marines uh, Commando Training Centre. You're like the guy from the advert, are you? Uh, you made it. I was, I was into it. I was I was really into it. And I had a good friend who was in, it, in there and I was like, I'm floundering, I need, I need direction, I need, so, I need something. So I went there. And I was in a line full of kids, like 16 year olds, 17 year olds. We're all fit as fucking butchers dogs. And I thought to myself, fuck me, am I going to war with these fucking kids? This is mental, this. Like, yeah. and then they, and I'm like, because I, I looked older than I was, but I was like uh, 18, 19 or whatever. But I just remember thinking, this is fucking crazy. This and I'm, I'm we're all bollock naked. Because imagine when you like when you make <laughs> up that. Cut that. <laughs> sorry, we're sorry, all sorry, sorry God. We're all bollock <laughs> naked in a shower. Oh, right. And getting screamed at. Are like how, what? Hang on, you need to go back a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that come from? No, we're in the. This is like in the training bit. Right, right, so right. We're in the right. commando centre, and then they're all like, um, "You what? don't wash it like that. Give it here." You like that? Well, not quite, but they, they, uh, they literally, you watch a man have a shower, and he says, "This is how we shower." And he gets his cock and bollocks out and shows you what? Washed out. Oh, oh, so I'm like, so we're sleeping together, trying to like, it's just it, like we're in this all these bunk beds and shit, and it's just a shithole or whatever. And then I start speaking to the Royal Marines who are on in there, and they're like, this ain't like, this ain't all it's cracked up to be, mate. Really? Like some of the older lads, and they're like, the gear shit, it's fucking shit, and like. I wasn't having, I wasn't enjoying it. You know what I mean? I was like, this is. And you could see they were kind of worn down by it. Yeah, and you watch a few too many action movies. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, um, all right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to, after this, I'll go, I'll go back home. I, I, um, I went home and I was like, no, nah, that, that's not it. Like, that isn't it. Then I seen it. Uh, I was, I was in a hunt for adventure in my head. I was like, you know, and this, this is, this is why people at the time were thinking I was mental. Because you can imagine, it's like one minute I'm, a college doing right. English uh, literature and language and fucking psychology and sociology. Next minute, I'm an engineer. Next minute, I'm a marine. Next minute, I found deep sea diving. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that could be fucking cool. <laughs> so right, so at that at that moment, you're kind of like, <clears throat> you're caught up between being a smart guy, 
like the, you know the English literature they you've seen that in the podcast since like how you're you're you say this a lot to me when we chat you can you can see what people are like quite quickly so that that, that was obviously a, a talent that kind of that, yeah, that I, had, I had some aspect. abilities but there was no way to, to put it you know what I mean so like I could tell stories I, I'm good at English I, I can read people I'm good at psychology I, mm. like, I um things like that but there was no way to fucking channel it and mm. then when I see how dive, old are you at this point uh, before the diving happened. How old are you in this moment where there's you've kind of gone from? Oh, 20. 20, 20 yeah. Twenty, yeah. Because that that wasn't a, a period of your life I wanted to kind of hone in on. Because I think that's a, a lot of people were trying to f- you know trying to figure it out at that time. It was like what? Because there's a load of different roads, but you need to hurry up and go go down one. I feel like the kids are under so much pressure because you are told you you have to make huge life-changing decisions at a young age when you're not mature enough to make them so ultimately you're going to fuck up Mm. it's almost like the system is made for people to fail especially working class lads like me we're not meant to get out we're just not meant to so and and being and, and when you talk about being doubted um being a big strong lad my whole life uh and overweight especially in high school um I was look, like, you can't be that big and strong and be intelligent. Like, so, and, and ultimately, people judge me as a thick kid straight away, really. Because I, 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 I have it in a kind of different way. This kind of like, <laughs> like the opposite, I guess. Like this little like. We're that, prejudged from the opposite ends. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like how I, I was listening to a podcast with a guy called um, it's John Amici, and he's he was a basketball player, um, first uh, British basketball player to play in the NBA, and he was you know. Um, a black guy first gay guy come out as well after that and in this podcast he was talking about what it's like instead of talking about the race thing or being gay thing or whatever he said the the thing that he really struggled with growing up was just being huge (laughs) being like the biggest guy when you walk in a room Mm -hmm. and this kind of prejudgments that that come from that like did you have that i get i imagine you must have that now every time you walk into a room was that the same at school we uh, always like we always the biggest guy. Uh, I didn't realize it until um, we were playing basketball and it was being recorded on video for a PE. Thing. How old are you? Fourteen, fifteen. I was about at the time. I was about uh, at fifteen. I was six foot one, six foot two, and I was fifteen stone. So I was a massive kid for a teenager. And uh, when we watched the video back, I seen this one guy going through the middle of the court, bouncing the ball, chest. And then back five minutes later, thick, and I realised it was me. And I thought, Jesus, I didn't realise. I didn't realise I looked like a man and everyone else looked like a lad. Right, right. So that, then... Because uh, um, it's not like it is now where you kind of, you'll see videos of yourself all the time. No. Back I, then it was yeah. like, oh, wow. No, I've, I've never see seen yourself. a video of myself yeah, yeah. like that, ever. So, um, yeah, but the, the teachers, uh, they hated me, especially the men. The men teachers didn't like me uh, at times because they felt like threatened because when they were trying to shout at me and I stood up and then the shoulder just is above their eye line, they're like, That's tricky, good it? job, you're so big so you can carry that chip on your shoulder. And that was like a direct quote of one of them. Uh, I had lots of problems as a kid at school as well, like behavioral issues. Like I was so frustrated because I was so strong-willed, had a mind of my own. I didn't want to be taught what to do. I didn't want to learn about stuff that I didn't have any interest in. I was quite like probably on the fucking spectrum, to be honest with you. Like I, like I had my own 
agenda. Um, and when when you say, when you say that, why you were so frustrated because of what? Just the puberty what, is one element of it, obviously. Yeah. But like, what are we fucking learning here? What the fuck is the point in all of this? I, if you, I'm not a dog. Like I, like I, from day one, I needed to know why are we doing this? This is pointless. Mm. And there was so many hours where the but, uh, surely you don't like i didn't know that it was pointless <coughs> i i didn't i didn't think i had that foresight to realize that this is going to be pointless you were kind of just carried along and everyone's saying so, school's important right, Do you know so what I mean? an old woman once said to me as i was a kid she went the reason you're different to other people brian is you uh you look down the street and around the corner you you're not just like straight ahead uh and i guess i was always like that i was frustrated because I, I just felt like oh, this is a waste of time I, it's a rarity at school I learn anything of any use to me. Like, I feel like looking back, I could have learned um, basic maths and English and I would have been fine. Just get, let me go. Like, really? It's a waste really? of time. Um, so, I was just frustrated. You know, you have the odd fight, you, you tell the teacher to fuck off, all that usual shit. Um, Did you have a temper? Terrible temper, yeah. It was, see, I've got a bit of a temper now, but I'm really in control of it. Really, really in control of it. But at the time, so frustrated, hormones pinging left, right, and centre. Mm. Just walking hard on. So, um, well, yeah, where do you think that? Apart from that, is there anything else? Do you think that's you know people talk about like trait theory, which is like you know your your mum and your dad, you're like them. Mm -hmm. But then I I also think a huge part of it is like is the experiences you go through, how you're raised as well. Where do you think that temper came from? Me comes dad. From? That's dad? genetic, one hundred percent. Why was your dad like? Uh, I remember I had a fight once. Um, outside so I was raised away from my dad really he was there for the young, a few of the younger years but even then it was like once a week or whatever well, he wasn't really in my life a lot but when I had a fight in front of the house once my mum came out and seen me fighting and um, I was about 14 and I get a look on my face when I fight it's not like any look I ever have unless I'm fighting it's very like chewed up like you know snarling like fucking Rocky Balboa or something and I come back in and she just looked like she'd seen a ghost. She was like, I've never seen that look on your face before. Really? And I was like, what? And she was like, it's the same look your dad gets, like when he's like. And wow. uh, I just, I used to say red, but luckily I had enough experiences later in my late teens and 20s, especially where I realized if you don't control your temper, you're just going to end up in prison, basically. Like, because my dad did. Right. For that reason as well. So, um, but what, yeah. Uh, what's it like being uh, raised by, you know, single mum, just a mum? What did, When did you notice that like, oh, dad's not about, what, like, in, in, a, in terms of like, this might be kind of, obviously he wasn't there, but like, this is kind of maybe affecting me in some way. Or like, why I wish he was here kind of thing. Oh yeah. I mean, um, even when I was a kid, uh, I never had that like, even when he was there, I didn't feel like he was there, if that makes sense, because he wasn't, a, my dad isn't a, a, a parent. He's, he's single-minded, he's, right. you know, he's, he, uh, I hear a lot of lads talk about their dads in this way of, their, their, dad, their dads were on their own mission sort of thing. And my dad was like that, he, he had his own life to live and he was, um, I think later on in life, he's only sort of real, uh, wanted that. But um, even then, he's just not a natural at being a parent. So. Uh, from learning how to shave to meeting girls and all that, you know, you don't have any of that advice. Little moments, yeah. Yeah, so I'm 
shaving in the mirror my mom stood behind us taking photographs <laughs> do you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah these are dodgy these as well mum yeah 14 years old and um, nah yeah. but uh, so yeah and fortunately I was um, 29 when I started <laughs> so it was fine so yeah just generally uh, I but I think it was healthy for me in terms of learning how as much as I joke on about women learning how women think so having that strong female influence i think softened me in a way that you maybe needed that me dad, like me dad never son. really got that you know what i mean that gave me that sort of it leveled me out is what i mean yeah mm. so now because yeah i have to i have two you know i have two sisters and my mum mm. and um there are yes there are little little moments little things that i think definitely kind of and also i think like respecting women like you kind of I think if you're not a, a around women, you'll see the stereotypes that you see everywhere else, and you'll not actually realise that these are actual human. Yeah, th- this is the thing. That I, sounds awful. Yeah. And I, I make more jokes than most, but like th- this is the thing: is if you put me on a desert island and said you can spend it the rest of your life with a woman or a man, I know which fucking uh, team I'm choosing. You know what I mean? I do appreciate women, uh, and 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 if it wasn't for me, ma'am, uh, giving me emotional intelligence, when I'm in a podcast and it gets emotional. I'm comfortable in that uncomfortable moment. Like, so you'll say other podcasters, some men, when it gets emotional, I feel like they, it, you can see they're not as comfortable as I am. Yeah. And I feel like that's where I excel in that, in that and that's because of me, man. What's it like, kind of like typical middle-class bloke trying to find out about this kind of life? <coughs> I, again, look, basic facts are, um, I've been very, very lucky. And so I haven't lived on a council estate. What's, mm. What do you, what does that what does that give you living on a council estate? Well, I, that, I spent half of my life on a council estate and half of my life out of it, so I oh, had okay. a bit of both, luckily, and I had a really good childhood. To be honest with you, I mean, really, I can't complain because I was shell I was I was on it, but I was sheltered from it at the same time because my mum muddy coddled us. But when I'd go out and play, I'd hung I'd hang around with the lads who weren't as lucky as me. Yeah, so. I'd see you see what was going but you switched I would see people who had no money on a daily basis and I'd know the value of it for that reason so uh, there was a family over the road who um, used to like uh, look after me um, brothers and sisters and that and I just know what having nothing is for that reason like where I'd, I'd be around people like that all the time and because of that, uh, I'll help anyone. Do you know what I mean? In that way, if I can, especially if they're close to me, I'm really not like, I don't count every penny I've got. And if someone needs something, I'm like, oh, we'll sort it out. Like that's, mm. So I think that that's what it's given is. And also, uh, confrontationally, you get used to dealing with that as well. So uh, people challenging you, and stuff like that becomes comfortable. So if I'm now in a situation, like when I'm challenging people on a, on a YouTube video, if that ever happens, which it really does these days, to be honest, but if I challenge someone on a YouTube video, it's because I'm happy to go to the full extent because I've been in those situations, really. And then when people meet me, I think they know I'm not, I'm not full of shit or whatever. So when you get into those confrontational moments, this is something that people can maybe take away if they haven't had those moments, those confrontations, or if they're going through them, 
this very second be mm. at school or in the working life or whatever what's if someone's said something about you you've heard something that you're not you're not happy about you feel like you've kind of been confronted in, in some kind of way how do you what's your process when it when it comes to that stay calm as possible not to lose my temper and if some and, and think about where that person's coming from and why are they confronting you so what is are they are they coming from a place of frustration is this a real personal thing uh, if someone doesn't know you personally then you shouldn't take it that personally for a start and also I learned to laugh at it for the longest possible time just laugh and and, and not take it too seriously until it's until it's that at that point then um, that sounds like you're quite aware of one that temper mm-hmm. two you said that that woman was saying to you like you know down the road and around the side mm-hmm. so that understanding of like a few steps ahead I think often we talk about the red mist or whatever the problem with that is you say like Joey Barton or whatever mm-hmm. when you see him in the football games they their attention span it gets it gets so so yeah. tight that you can't see beyond it Full I've thought. seen it in you when you've like you switch to like you go boom. I can knock it it's off like that. Do you know yeah, what I, mean? I can knock it off it, it I do feel it going sometimes and I, and I I can sit here and tell you I think about this I think about that I can feel it going sometimes and I do feel like the the vision channels and and uh when someone's really annoying us um breathing gets heavier and I, I do feel like okay I'm gonna go in a minute here uh, but but the thing is as a man when did you learn that I became a man, you know, and I realised you can't just go around hitting everyone who annoys you. You just, it's not a good thing to do. And as a businessman as well, like you can't, and this is the thing, like with YouTube and drama and beefs and silly things like that. Like, I think to myself, like, I know what I'm capable of, but I don't, I don't want to do anything like that to anyone on this, in, in, in my life. You know, I don't want to, uh, and, and another thing is when you know, and, and that's a problem as well, is when you're a big bloke, it, you know things can get really out of hand and and i didn't want to be fucking uh having to prove anything like that or go and like do that so i just keep it in control luckily let's get back to those i like 18 19 20 year old brian i want to go there or maybe like even those early 20s as well yeah um what's yeah what's going on during that period where so uh, when was the marines about 19 so it was 16, college, 17, 18, apprentice, 19, trial for the Marines. Then I thought, nah, went back to college. Then I decided um, diving. And those 20. decisions, were they easy decisions? Were they ones that you mulled over? Because you've said to me a no, few I'm, times that I'm you... I'm impulsive. You're impulsive. But you, we've chatted about it, how we... I think we both have that similar mindset that we think about things a lot. So I, I I I obsess over things, but what I mean is I was I was frightened. I was oh, what, what if I end up in a job I'm going to fucking hate? I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I can't do that. I've got to fucking and I'm I'm all over the place. I'm you know I'm panicking a little bit at that age. Yeah. So some people panic and just don't do anything. They kind of they try and they try and hide or they'll kind of just kind of be in this limbo state. But you seem to keep going down roads which yeah. I think I think is a really good thing for people to do at that age yeah. because like you said you, people are going make people are having to make huge decisions be it if it's their education or whatever and inevitably you're going to get it wrong <coughs> yeah it was I was going down roads but there were a few times where I quit jobs or 
because um, I had side jobs as well throughout all of this. I'm working in fucking, I worked in retail for a bit. Like, did you give a bouncer game a go? No, nah, I didn't actually. Could have done that though. Yeah. Um, I worked in uh, a petrol garage for a bit. Uh, <laughs> did fucking, yeah, amazing. I, I worked in a butcher's <laughs> when I was sixteen. Oh, you, like Rocky, you're in the back. Oh, <laughs> you're Adrian. No, I was, I was fucking. I did a lot of things, but it was, it was. I mean, like cleaning a fucking freezing cold uh, freezer wall, cleaning the blood off it, and the blood sort of. Uh, drying out your hands and you're shivering and then you go from that to cleaning the hot pots and pans that people have been using to, you know, cook meat and all that. It was fucking character building and it was fucking horrible. Um, and uh, Why is it character building? It's character building because I was a fucking 16-year-old mammy's boy who'd been sitting on his computer all day and I didn't know how hard work was and I got went from that to po- probably one of the hardest jobs I could have done, really. And uh, you know you get the piss ripped out of you as well, like because uh, I was I was slow in what I was doing. Right. Uh, uh, now I, I don't think I was actually, <laughs> but um, they were hard on me. You yeah, know, yeah. They were like, oh, "Fucking hell, you take fucking ages, you like." And I th- I thought to myself, I, th- I I just I just remember like looking at them like, "Fuck me, this is your life," you know. Like, you, there's another con- contradiction where you're like you're with. You like being with your mum. You like being oddy coddled, oh, all that yeah. stuff. But then, with the diving, with the you know maybe going in the marines, with with the the butchers, being around those blokes who like you need to be on your toesy, you need oh, to yeah. be switched on. You like do you like that? Because I guess you're if you're stepping in from this kind of quite sheltered, um, emotionally yeah. um, scenario into something into the frying pan like oh, that men who are going to come down hard on you and i reckon uh, with you they're go for you as well would they not because you're a bigger lad they think oh we can take it oh yeah 100 percent. and 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 i could and i could give it i was always quite quick-witted you know but um but it it occasionally it got the better of us like where i would be like oh, like really uh chewed up about things um in diving especially because by the time I'd got to diving, I'd invested money in becoming a diver. Me and mother had remortgaged the house to pay for my oh. education, which is like university fucking type of money. And then, uh, you know, I really have to deliver now. It's time to fucking step up and, and make something of myself. And there's a lot of money in diving. Uh, and I'm working 12 hours every night for, I think I did 70 days in a row of night shift once, uh, 12 hour shifts every single night. And, um, and you know the lads are coming down hard on you. You're getting criticised all the time. You've got to sort your shit out. And um, I was under pressure from myself. I wanted to make and 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 them and yeah, it's difficult. Like it, that's good for you though, isn't it? Like long term. Well, I guess it's it's the making of you, isn't it? Well, yeah. Like my first dive, for example, like out of dive school. So when I got out of dive school, it was struggling to find work. Or whatever dive school, they teach you how to get in the water. They don't actually teach you how to do anything in the water. Right. So I'm under there all of a sudden in a, on a construction fucking job, not knowing what me ass from me elbow really. And 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 uh, I'd gone from nice clear water to a real horrible dirty black water job where <clears throat> I'm getting thrown around all over the fucking shop underwater, and I'm 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 frightened a little bit. I'm like fuck me, mm. what the fuck? I don't know where the fuck I am. What I'm meant to be doing is black water swimming all over. Where so many different elements of pressure there, isn't there? Literally, like, do your job right. Yeah, a literal literal pressure. Mm. Not being able to do the do the job. I think a lot of people have that in life where you kind of. I was chatting to someone um, 
last night she went into a job and it was you should always go for a job that you're not totally ready for because you should be, <coughs> that's how you should be figuring it everyone's out. bullshitted themselves into jobs at some point you know but it's those who kind of go right okay if i need to be switched on and mm. learn learn quickly but that's a that's a pressure that further down the line when you do need to step into things that might be new and scary well though. this was one o'clock in the morning yeah. and, and and i'm not just scared about fucking the job up i'm scared about it there comes a point where you're breathing heavy and you're like <laughs> and you're thinking like i might not get out here alive yeah even though in, in, i was fine but, but i didn't know that yeah at the but time. It, yeah it's not and like I, you're working at sainsbury's doing a night shift there is an option that you might <laughs> something bad could happen no and people Shouldn't do die and, and 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 i've and i've seen people uh, nearly lose their life and stuff like that so um that that was a baptism of fire uh but it it worked well and uh, you know despite what the lad said about us at the time on the job uh do you think they meant it no nah, I, I didn't know nah. they were just hazing me it was good it was it was healthy i'm not i don't have a problem with it looking back at it it's 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 my sense of humor it's it I, I, and, and looking back at it they did the right thing really I'm, I'm happy with that but i was fucking i needed a kick up the ass i needed it like and uh and I learned, and, and eventually, and I wouldn't even say on that job because I was still a baby, as they as they say in the game there. So I, I improved and I became solid at what I was doing. I was never great. Like there was people who trained. One of my best mates. What does great it? mean though? What's what's great in that yeah. game? I don't know. Yeah, one of my best mates. Great is when you always come out and and have done what you were asked to do, and right. and sometimes it can be difficult. So one of my best mates was a navy diver. And he was great, and he helped me a lot. And um, I was a good swimmer, and, and strength was never a problem. But you know, just experience is what I was lacking at that time. And I, and I got there, but by the time I'd got there, I'd I'd kind of realised that, um, yeah, this isn't what it's cracked up to be either. And that's when I was really like, oh fuck, I've done it again. I'm in another place that I don't want to be in. And why was it? What because of it's night shifts? Because it's so strenuous? Because of the pressure? Uh, the of money, it. The, the, you know, it's build up to be before you get in. It's like the money pit. You know what I mean? It's gonna be fucking swimming in it, Scrooge McDuck. And and then when you get into it, you're like, work isn't as easy to come by. You spend half the year not working. A lot of it's not what you know. Too, you know, there's so much that goes into it. Really, that's non-related to what you actually do when you're in the water. Mm. Um, and and the work's hard and it's long and it's it's lonely. You're away from the la- uh, your family and whatever you're with, and and sometimes I don't know sitting around with uh, for a month at a time at minimum with a bunch of sweaty hairy ass men. It's not fun, you know. You're not kind of shagging and all that. You know what I mean? Even though I did try and sneak away as much as I could. Um, so We're going a different road there. <laughs> I, I just realised like I just realised like uh, this isn't this isn't my destiny. I'm not meant to be doing it. I'm not loving it. And I, once again, I wanted to be happy. Mm. And uh, it, it came to a point where I thought I'd rather, because I think like the money I was making uh, at one point was over 10,000 pounds a month. Like, so it was solid money. But was more a, life than that, you know? Was, there, was that a unique perception amongst the, the other guys <coughs> that you wanted to, I want to do something I love? Like, did, was everyone else kind of had, uh, they were given so in and gone this is look this is this is enough no yeah and and I, and I respect it and a lot of them had families and a lot of them had had uh, one guy i remember he hadn't been home in six months because he was determined that his daughter wasn't going to have a university uh loan to pay off and he was paying her through Amazing. everything he wasn't going home he's like me i'm fucking till the wheels fall off me and i respected him absolutely a lot you know um there was men out there like that but i was 23 and yeah 
imagine me in 23 on 10 grand. I mean, there's the YouTube ads on way more than that right now, but I was, I was fucking happy with Having it. a good time. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, yeah. coming home and buying watches and leather jackets and all that, you know, <laughs> living it, pissing it up. What's, um, what's, uh, what's Brian like on a night out at, as a 23 year old? As you'd expect, mate. Yeah. You'd expect. yeah, I'd come back. I remember once uh, I was in a nightclub. And, um, I was laid down. I had a girl on me lap and a girl on me face sitting down. <laughs> and I was just like... That's oh, that might be the title. They had knickers on. They had knickers on. But laugh, I was, I was, I was, I don't know. I was just like in everything. I was uh, shagging everything that moved. I was loving it. And... Uh, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't change it I wouldn't take it back uh, it was what what I should be doing at that age do you know what I mean so what's a night out like in, in Newcastle is it like good no, it was good but it, it was where I mean when I was diving it was I was I was in Glasgow I was fucking everywhere I was making I, it rain yeah I was, <laughs> and with a Geordie accent in a place where you're not from like I was in Kent at one point I was speaking as loud as I could at the bar because I wanted every last thing I oh I'm not from here pet amazing <laughs> um, it was good laugh though did you were there any other um, were there any moments around that time where you kind of like that feel like crossroads for you apart from the yeah. uh, Ranger video yeah um, so um, the crossroad was uh, came home from a trip and uh, a family member died really close and it was difficult so you're thinking What's it all about? That's when you start thinking. How old are you? I, I'm 23 still. Um, what's it all about? Is this really what I want to do? Now I briefly went back to diving after that, but I knew me heart wasn't in it then. So um, yeah, I was really. I to me, depression is something that people suffer from. It's a medical condition. Yeah. But I was depressed. In for a period of time where I was very sad, very done, and uh, I'm, I had money banked, so I'm, I'm laying bed, just Grand Theft Auto Five in it. Really, I wasn't like I had me will to get up had gone because this um, the sadness uh, losing the family member had come over us, and also I just thought, oh, fuck it, you know, I, and I, it it that was a huge turning point for me of. Nah, this ain't. This isn't it. This isn't what I I thought it was going to be, and um, yeah, I just went on an absolute meltdown. Like hit that red button that you're never supposed to hit, and uh, I had six months of just like stopped going to the gym at one point, put loads of weight on, um, didn't give a fuck about myself. I was drinking. And what was fueling the, the obviously the, the the grieving was yeah was it was it was it was grief. You, it was grief. when you're talking there, I I feel it in my stomach. Mm. Like how can you just yeah? How does how does it actually? Can you actually feel it? That fuck yeah. it because you keep saying the word fuck it. I think that's really that's interesting. That kind of because you need to you do have moments where every every look every morning when you got to go to work, you go oh god, I'd love to stay in bed here, but you kind of you can get yourself out of it and go for you to be able. There to was just, a point. There was a part of me that had given up a little bit. I'd given up. I was like, probably just gonna spend what money I've got left, and then I, I, there was no care for what happened after that. I, I, I'd gone, I'd gone Tyson Fury at that point a little bit, but probably worse than him because 
he's he's got uh, this safety net he's got people around him I was you know pretty alone pretty sad just what's your inner monologue there can you remember it was very like you just life is bullshit this is all bullshit everyone's convincing themselves that they're getting up every day and they're going about uh, they're all mugs they're all mugs getting up doing shit jobs and you know what it is it's pointless it's all bollocks i'm just going to sit here semi flat and i was like i'm just going to get drunk every day i'm going to play on grand theft auto because that's better than the life that everyone else is living and then i'll get up the next day and i'll do it again and i i just i didn't care about myself at all um were people trying to kind of get you out of that? A little bit, but you can imagine uh, once I've made my mind up, it is difficult to... I've noticed. <laughs> I just wouldn't answer the fucking door. I stopped talking to a lot of my mates. Uh, just leave us alone. Like, I was really... Uh, I was grieving, and they understood that, so that kept them away. But I don't think that people understood. Uh, in my head, it was, more, it was more than that as well. It was like, I've made a decision here. Like, this is pointless and I guess almost that same kind of conviction that you've shown <coughs> like in other aspects of your life as it's been around that you kind of did it but down the wrong road no right? if I'm determined it doesn't matter what I'm determined in including if I want to fuck it all mm, up as yeah. well you'd be successful in that yeah <laughs> so a lot of people um, for example now I'm surrounded by social media personalities who to them their following and their audience and what they've built is who they are Whereas my friends know I could delete everything tomorrow and not give a fuck because it, it isn't who I Do you I really am. mean that? Because I was thinking that on the way. I was like, it is, it's amazing how, you know, your influence comes from the amount of subscribers you have. And that there's no reason why you couldn't just go delete. It's gone. I could. I could. I don't. I mean, I, why would I, you want to do that? Obviously, like, I wouldn't want to. But what I'm trying to say when I say that is my inner strength comes from a greater place than anyone else's that I know in yeah. this community. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but there are a lot of young people out there who found fame and found been lucky. Whereas I was going through, at their age, far worse things than, than they are because you couldn't have got me on a camera. Mm. You know, I was in a fucking real dark, dark, for a young man, dark, dark place, including... I wouldn't say I was suicidal because to me that's a word that gets thrown around uh, too silly but um, I had I had there was a part of me that was like I'd rather be dead than this really but I just didn't have the balls to do anything like that about it but I really was thinking nah this is this is shite this like um, so so because you, you kind of feel like there's no there's no escape yeah, out of that. There's no, and I didn't, I didn't, what, what was there to do? You know what I mean? What was the point? And what, so, yeah. um, you know, uh, and then sort of where YouTube came into it, still pretty dark, still pretty down. One of, I'd, I'd sort of hit a place where I could function on a level where you wouldn't really know that this was going on in my head and I wasn't drinking myself as stupidly like, going through a case of Guinness like in a day no problem right. uh, I wasn't doing that but I was I'd, I'd leveled out but I was still drinking and that 
Um, it wasn't alcoholism by any means. It was just something to do. Hmm. I wasn't, I could give it up. I'm so strong-minded. It was just something to do. Right. Uh, to take the edge off of the day. Now, well, was it to kind of escape it? it you know, a lot of people turn to those things because they want a different feeling like as well. Self-medicating, wasn't it? I wasn't going to go to a, a doctor and ask for antidepressants or whatever or whatever they would offer. Mm. I didn't want to fucking speak to anyone. You know what I mean? So I went and uh, one of my friends had, had died. Now I wasn't that close to him, uh, George. There was a lot of closer people than me, but he died. And I used to have a kick around with him every week, pretty much. Like we, you know, he was a lovely kid. Um, I think the way I described him at the time was he was the type of bloke you'd want to date your sister good dude you know mm. what I mean big lad as well went to his funeral and when he got to the funeral you're expecting everyone to bang on about how lovely he was and I was looking forward to hearing about like all the things I might not have known about him at the time because I was like it's so sad you know I'll go and I'll pay my respects and, and it was also for like his friends who I was close at to because I, I was I'd grown up with some of his very close friends. So if, if you imagine the group, he was on the end and I was on the other end. But when we went out on a night out, we'd sort of have a chat together. Mm. And uh, anyway, I went to the funeral and it was just all about how much he loved Newcastle United. And uh, I just remember thinking, and people have heard the story before, but I remember thinking, uh, holy shit, like that club means so much to some people. Because when you are... Um, from Newcastle and you have th George obviously didn't um, have uh, from what I remember he didn't have the easiest of lives himself it was something to grasp it was something to love you know and, and enjoy and uh, it was all about that and I just remember coming away being like fuck me that kid loved that club like much more than I ever did even so and then obviously after that Neil Ranger says what he said banging on about the fans don't show up if you're going to boo and and in the place I was in previously, I was now able to like speak my mind and be, and I'd bring myself a little bit out of it, but I was still in a pretty dark place. Mm. Then seeing what happened with George, his mom and dad being all cut up about uh, the death of the son and, and my friends as well, that just triggered me. Like I was like laptop on, and that was where it started really. So that moment then when it goes northeast viral, as everyone knows, <laughs> the um. What's is that what then gets you to kind of go oh someone you know people have kind of appreciated something and that's now a new road that you can start to kind of that it was did it start kind of open up and you saw an, a new route that you could go down or was it am I, I being too simple uh, no, I guess um, I think looking back on my life now it's, it's there's a few things I'm, I'm I don't know if I'd use the word entrepreneur but like um, I'm an, um, I see opportunities in things uh, before other people do sometimes uh, but also there was just a bit of me that when I seen the views or whatever I deleted the video then re-uploaded the video after someone told me to uh, I thought to myself maybe I can be good at this maybe this is something I could do I've always spoke my mind um, and I just thought yeah uh, th there could be career in this I could I could do this uh, I didn't know anything about YouTube money or anything like that I didn't really understand what I was getting myself into but give it a go I think that is the best thing about YouTube and certainly YouTube at that period of time is that so for me with, with Bull Street I, that, that job 
<laughs> I got into I got into TV going, I want to be a sports presenter. I want to present the World Cup final. And that, that's still my ambition today. Mm-hmm. But I was a runner at a sport, uh, football channel and I was looking at these guys and I was like, one, what they're talking about feels boring. Two, I don't like, you know, I'm 32 now. Imagine what I look like when I was 25 and these guys <laughs> look 35 plus. I'm yeah. not going to get anywhere near them. And But then fast forward a good few years and I've got done different bits and pieces and then this YouTube thing arrives where you can actually be have a bit of a personality mm. and you can do it yourself like that job didn't even exist and so for you like we were saying earlier you like the English and the psychology the storytelling like those two were there but they were kind of on a shelf because they didn't have an avenue to be mm-hmm. explored and so you then had to go okay well let me try this this and this which are my other sort of strengths maybe and so that's a beautiful thing about uh, YouTube I think is that it has opened that door that anyone who wants to give it a go have been able to find that and it's, cha- yeah, it's changed your life hasn't it 100% yeah and uh, and to a degree uh, saved it in some respects as well um, I was like you know I'll do a few more Newcastle videos and then I was like oh, this is, this how quick did it go up it, it, it went pretty quickly I remember when I when I started regular uploads I think I'd got so I People, what people don't know is between that video and me starting regular uploads was a year. Really? I, I uh, I'll do the odd one. So I did like one or two. And would they do well? Yeah, but not as well. Yeah. Um, and then when I started regular uploads, so I'd had like five thousand subscribers just off that one video. Right. Um, a true Geordie's view on Nile Ranger, and then I was like, "All right, marketing 101 Such a good name. Isn't people, it? people calling me straight away. So no, I remember I being in the gym, and someone goes, "Oh, I've seen your video," and I went, "Oh, what did you search for?" And they went, "True Geordie." I went, "I'll call me me name that then." Because like we we spoke, you don't like my name on my channel, and I get that. I mm. I, I you for know, the record, I don't hate it. Yes, either. I just said it was a bit long. I, yeah, and I I totally yeah. I totally get that. The reason it's James Lawrence Alcott is because um, my granddad's called James Lawrence and my uncle's called James Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And it, that's, that's quite an important part mm-hmm. of our family. And so I was like, no, I'm going to shut that in. And that was literally a last minute thing. But I can't go um, <laughs> middle class, middle class boy from Surrey. It's not like, that's not a good channel name, no, do you know what I mean? It was, it was, it, it, is so I good. got lucky. I got lucky. And often people, when they become successful, that's part of it. And it? it's, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's one of those things. But then, when I was doing the Newcastle videos, I was met with some resistance from the Newcastle fans as well. Like, I think even to this day, there's, I don't know what the percentages would be, but there's probably a, a big percent who didn't like what I did back then. And I understand why, in looking back at it, because it because of where I was mentally, it was hyper-aggressive, it was everything I had. It, Newcastle was all I was about at the time, and that's all I really cared about talking about. But mm. I remember thinking at one point, all right, uh, I'm only going to get so far talking about Newcastle, so I'll talk about the whole of football. And then it was, I'm only going to get so far talking about football, I'll talk about some other things. Then it was, I'll do a podcast. So it, it, I knew I'd boxed myself in at the start, and I just wanted to break out of that as quick as possible, really. Mm. As it moves on, I think, that, I think the thing that people really like about your story is that you've, uh, you've evolved and stepped up each time. Mm-hmm. And like you just said there, you kind of... You created a, a box for yourself initially, and you had to try and kind of uh, break out from that. Was that not everyone kind of looks to do that? And I think that's probably why you've kind of left quite a few other YouTubers kind of, you know, in your wake a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, was that 
was that always just clearly obvious to you is that again that sort of strategic element in your mind that you go right i need to i have to step it up because a lot of other people will go they'll either go what's working for me or what's working elsewhere because you made so a big I step the pro- so we talk about the, the process i went through uh, oh. um i remember so i watched these U- fifa youtubers and i thought these fucking boring bastards are getting more views than me how the hell is that happening and i thought their content is about what they've got as in what packs they've got my content's about who i am more so than what i'm actually talking about a lot mm. of the time and i thought to myself well this is um it's a deck of cards this and it's going to come mm. down at some point I'm working on being good at my craft, which is talking to the camera. I'm, I'm, so when I'd make a video, if I do a match review or something, sometimes I'd, I'd watch it back right afterwards and I'd be like, that's shit. So I would do it all again in one take. And, I, and, and if I stuttered, I would do the whole thing again in one take. And I made sure I would always nail it and I would make sure I was fucking class at what so I was doing. That's really interesting that you understand the strategy element of it mm. though but you're actually able to like simplify it to look it is totally about that skill and nothing else and that's going to take you as far yeah, as you because get. but people other people don't do that they don't uh i i think talking to the camera um has become an underrated skill on youtube because editing is so good now and there are some people who heavily rely on an editor to make them look good but to me what i'm saying is pack openings, whatever the fuck the new thing is, whatever. It, there's been many things since then, but I just remember it specifically at that time. So I'm thinking, well, if I'm fucking good at talking to the camera, then I can do what they can do and be better at it than them. So if, if, you, if, you're, if your craft is good, mm. then you're fucking everyone else eventually. And I was just like, I'll watch them on the come up. I'll, I'll overtake them all. And 95% of them I probably have, you know what I mean? So, but at the time, some of them, I was in 50,000 subs, some of them were hitting a million, you know what I mean? It was like, I'm never gonna catch them. And and really, I, the closer I got to them, the less I cared about that anyway. It was more a case of, I'm on my way now, I've proved my point. But at the time, I remember I was very frustrated. Really? I was very, and, and desperate to succeed as well. And that wasn't, a, a, I didn't like that in myself looking back at it. Either. But when you come from a place where- at what, Sorry, at what subscriber sort of point are you in terms of the desperation to be successful? I think all the way to I think the point that I started to you there's a point where and I've 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 unlisted a lot of these or privated them or whatever because I wasn't I didn't like the videos um and the memory of where I was mentally isn't a nice one either so right. but um I say all the way to about 300,000 subscribers Which and this is- this is the thing is I didn't have a single YouTuber on my channel as a collaboration until 300,000. So I got 300,000 on my own with no anyone on. And the first person I had on was someone called Lawrence McKenna who had no fucking clout whatsoever. Okay. So, uh, but that was when I, I noticed there was things I did wrong. So like I, I'd think about, all right, well, see your name straight away get your name out there what's going on it's a true Geordie back again all right that, that, that sounds all right but it was all right get get to the funny bits you got to. You, so within 30 seconds you can't take forever to get the point across people will click off they'll not be bothered. I didn't put ads on my videos for 
till I hit like 50,000 subscribers, things like that. Because I thought I need people Keeping. to say what I'm saying quick as possible. But then I just relaxed. At about 300,000, I was like, okay, I know the direction I'm going in here. And and, I, and the best version of me started coming out then. I want to talk about a uh, Logan Paul video. <coughs> just because mm-hmm. that was a massive moment in the channel last year. Mm-hmm. This time last year. Wasn't this it? time last year. How did you feel a couple of days on? Not, you know, I, I think there's initially, there's that like, I guess there's the, the, the feeling of like, should I do it? And you even say in the video, I just wanted to blast this. And so you kind of, that, that was maybe a little, I guess an element of being impulsive in terms of putting the video up initially. And you felt, you know, you felt emotional yeah. about it. You've gone through those kind of things yourself. Then there was, I, t- I like, w- you know, we didn't know each other well, but I felt compelled to, to tweet you and go. I think I'd only just met you then. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, I think we'd had a couple of chats and I was like, fucking it. Like, and I just felt, I just thought it was a really um, strong message that you put out in that video. And I just, yeah, just kind of wanted to say that. And I imagine you got a lot of good support from it and obviously a lot of subscribers and things like that. When that kind of dust settled a little bit, a couple of days on, how did you, how did you feel about it then? And how do you feel about it now? Uh, at the time, there wasn't, uh, it wasn't an opportunistic moment or anything like that. It was like, so obviously, as I've said since then, I've also, um, I've been in that situation myself with uh, someone I knew. So it, it touched me in a different way than what it would have touched yeah. a lot of people. Although I think collectively the whole world was like, was a fucking yeah. arsehole thing to do. Um, but when I when I put that out there, I was actually going to delete the crying bit at the end. I wasn't even going to leave that in. But then afterwards I was like, when I was watching it back, I was like, you know what it is? Like this is, this is the real me actually. Like deep, deep, deep down. Mm. There's a bit of less about because i like to make people laugh i like to, I, I think of myself like an entertainer chilled out <laughs> entertainer uh but at the time i was like yeah this is this is really pouring me heart out a bit here uh and i thought i've never done that before did you feel uncomfortable i did yeah and especially on a on a, a subject like suicide so i remember when i even tweeted the video out i tweeted it out but i didn't i didn't tweet it out in the same way i normally would with a thumbnail and all of that i just was like, this is this is the title and this is the link, mm. um, and I thought, well then, it, it felt like I was dropping uh, my soul into the fucking ocean. They're like, right, we'll see what happens with this then, because I was, I thought to myself, people are going to be shocked when they see this, and I know they are, but uh, and I've got no idea what the response is going to be because manly man crying and all that. Some people could take the piss or whatever, which, but I was like, yeah, fuck it, let it, let mm. it, let let what may happen happen so a few days later while i'd gained two hundred thousand subscribers in those days so <laughs> I, I i i thought well f- people it connected yeah it but, did. but i thought myself fuck me yeah, yeah if that was a business decision you'd say it was a great one but it wasn't it, i can't even act like it was it wasn't uh it was just something i just did and um i, th- I felt like a step towards all right people are seeing the real me now like the people know more about who i really am now and it made me feel uh more comfortable in on me channel like as in i thought all right because like you say i'm a contradiction there's it, it, it's, i think it, everyone it, is but not yeah. just not just a contradiction but like like one of my favorite rappers of all time is tupac and there's there's songs where he calls women bitches there's songs where he calls women you know a lot of nice things you know uh there's layers to him 
And with me, I've let it, I've known the whole time in my head, I'm going to hit a million subscribers. I'm going to go past that even. I was convinced of it because I, I seen other people and what they had and how good they were. And I had just believed that I'm, I'm better than a lot of I them. See, I think that's amazing. I don't have that. A lot but of people believe, don't have that. I, no, but I, yeah, I believe how good you are. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. But I know what you're saying. I don't know. But I, that's why, I, that's why I'm, I'm so fascinated to know where have you got that from? Me that, mum. That's your mum. So taking it back, um, my mum always put belief in me and that's why I had the balls to go and get in uh, the water and try and be a deep sea diver. She was like, you know, anything you set your mind to, like you are capable of. She, she'd seen me grow up. She just told me like, you, I know you're capable of like great things. You just need to find that place. Mm. And once you have that tunnel vision, you'll, you'll smash whatever you do. Um, and weirdly, uh, I remember one Christmas when um, maybe, I don't know, when I was like tw 21, 20, I remember saying it was, um, she was singing oh, the, the song on the radio, it was Christmas morning, and there was a song about like your journey, things like that, and she went, uh, this is like your, your life, this, and she was like, one day and it was like a mothery thing to say yeah she, she goes um and one day everyone's gonna know who you are and i just remember like um laughing at her you know as you do when you walk away and now i know i'm not sitting here saying i'm a fucking world famous celebrity but that level of belief in me those little things that she said to me all the time yeah. if you're hearing that re reaffirmation from the person who you love more than anyone in the world who you trust more than anyone in the world mm. it's going to make you believe in yourself yeah, yeah. so then uh i felt like i had natural talent in front of the camera fast forward in it um and 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 getting back to the logan paul thing is when when that video came out and people connected with it and, and I feel like I'd put more of me out, a deeper version of me out. I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm only just getting started now. And now I'm going to start showing people more of who I am. So now when I sit in, in front of a camera, there is no, there's there, there's a thing that other, other people get in front of a camera that I don't get. I think that compared to other creators out there, when the camera goes on, there's a, they go on. They, they switch on whereas with me there's no uncomfortable feeling there's i just I, to me this is like a warm bath i find this easy and and i'm um I, that might sound like people will be like you're only talking in front of a camera but i've seen other youtubers we see it on the kickoff don't we bed, we uh, see it all the time yeah on the kickoff live stream and, and and you you're very good at that but you've seen people who for a living talk in front of a camera, shit the bed because it's live. And it's like, so fucking what, you mm. know what I mean? So I, I, once I'd bared my soul and cried in front of the entire fucking three point fucking God knows what million people watched it and they'd accepted that. I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you more moving forward. And, 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 and even then I still feel like I'm only, I haven't even, I don't think you. I don't think you would want to unless it was genuine either. So like no. something like that's touched such a nerve. Yeah. Like again, you would be going away from your principles if you just went and then go back to something that you'd, you'd be faking work. it, wouldn't you? It wouldn't work yeah, because wouldn't people work. could say it was genuine. But what I mean is, I'm going to peel the layers back over mm. the years, and I feel like I've got a long term vision of how far, and I, and I'm willing to to really 
give myself to what I'm doing mm. in the long term. Do you think that comes as well from, I know you've said this on podcasts, podcasts <coughs> to me as well, because I think I've gone through it as well in the last couple of years of truly like knowing who you are and being okay with that in a, in a, actually in the last couple of years. And that's when that moment comes mm. when you're, I'm guessing you're just about 10, 30, aren't you then? Or 31? Something like that. Uh, no, uh, uh, I was uh, 29, I think, when that came so, out. And, and for a lot of people, you know, turning 30 is kind of is a big moment. But like when you're in that space where you go, there's a decision there to be made where you can go, oh, no, okay, let's take, let's take that out. I'm not comfortable with that. You're gone. Like, this is like, this is me. I've done the 10,000 hours. Like, this is me as a person. I know who I am. I don't, I'm okay yeah. with the, re- there was, the consequences. There's, there's, a, there's a moment, and, and this is the only analogy I can think of, where... You could take me clothes off us and I would walk down the street and not give a fuck what anyone thought. I mean, I've seen it to <laughs> But I, what I mean is, there's, it's like, this is me. You know, yeah, judge yeah. me, say what you want. Uh, I don't care, like really. And not you, in a nasty way. I just, I'm, I'm all, I think I'm all right. And yeah, that's what's important. I think you're all right as well. Yeah, well there you go. <laughs> Do you worry for other YouTubers who've like only known this life and that, you know, this life of kind of being this YouTube celebrity and the, the numbers, the comments, the likes, the living in that bubble, that they're, that they're gonna have some problems down the road. I think we've seen, it became a bigger thing last year. A lot of people kind of needing a break and things like that. Yeah, this is why I've never taken a break ever. Uh, people don't uh, give me credit for that, but like it's been three solid years. I'd be surprised if you, unless I've, private in any videos you can find a week where i haven't uploaded like i upload every fucking week because mentally i'm not under pressure because this isn't real like i say when when i was underwater and dive and that was pressure yeah yeah and i had many 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 times where i felt like I, I, I like bills and stuff like that and that was one of the things i never got into but like when i did have me dark times that i i let myself get to the point where i had no fucking money at all just like bread and milk was a challenge you know what I mean that was pressure this mm. is not pressure so um, and I do f- I feel sorry for them a bit I feel sorry for them because A uh, they place importance on things that isn't necessarily that important and now I think that they there's some a lot of bright people out there and they're smart enough to work out that ah oh, there's more to life than YouTube money and, and YouTube likes and all of that bullshit but they're not they haven't got the experience to know it do you know what the thing I think is the biggest problem for these guys is uh, it's the validation of YouTube, the yeah. validation of being important. That's, that's what they're scared of more than anything. They'd, they'd hand the money over like that. If they're still important, people care. They put a tweet out and there's the retweets and the likes and there's all those things because they're, they're in this world, they're important to people. I think and also like that's dangerous though. There's a lot of them who... your whole life becomes about who you are online because you know you wouldn't have that girlfriend if it wasn't for the audience you wouldn't have that car you wouldn't have mm. people around you like how much of this is real yeah. do you know what i mean and uh and uh, i know like i think that's I a blessing to be a little bit old like yeah. a little bit old I'm i used lucky. to i'm lucky like, oh yeah and even like like I, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit more as the channel grows and things like that. I remember being, oh, I remember being 24, 25, 26 in TV. You started to get a couple of little moments where you could do presenting. And you thought, okay, this is it. And then it didn't happen. And you just, you're looking at these, looking at these other guys who are 23, 24. And you're thinking, shit, but actually I'm so. Well, you're I, the opposite of this really, because to me, 
you have, with all due respect, more talent than 99% of YouTubers in terms of talking to a camera, being uh, funny, invoking those emotions, but you haven't had the luck that some of them have had or it, it just hasn't happened because of you've never met the right people. Things like that have just been in your way. Do you mm. know what I mean? Whereas other people shite but they've got the right mates you know what I mean things like that happen so I don't know how does that make you feel about that you're here now is it is well, going to happen I'm not there yeah, yet, but how I mean, do you feel about it I I'm relieved I'm relieved that I'm older I, I think I'd really struggle because I I um, and this is why I find all these conversations so interesting because like you i think i i know who i am a bit more and, and importantly i've got just the most amazing um inner circle of friends and family and my wife who who i know don't they they don't care about any of the other stuff they just want they just want me to be happy actually the driving force a lot of the time and the pressure a lot of the time has been me on myself because i think i felt like i maybe do have some talent but i haven't it's it's either it's not happened or I think sometimes maybe I've been a bit too too nice or not really yeah. gone for the throat yeah. things like that I think that's something that I've 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 screwed up on but I'm if I was to be successful now I know one it will be totally on my terms on things that I can be proud of mm -hmm. and two if it doesn't work out I think I still have a career in in creating stuff which is this isn't a fucking job that I, I, shit's not, this is I, I think I you're on that. the road though now where you're gonna it's gonna happen you're on the right road now I think you've just been a bit all over you've been pulled in so many different directions because you can do so many different things now I feel like you're on the right road yeah and I do you know last year like the the empowerment of starting my own channel has been been huge and mm -hmm. not one from the the like the reaction that you get it's like the, when the messages are, are kind and they like it but just that kind of that that reinforcement of like do what you want to do don't listen to what anyone else is really doing Look, there's elements of feedback again from those people who are in that that inner circle that you should trust mm -hmm. but otherwise i'm starting to really learn like like you're, you're right like do do what you think's right trust those instincts and i think that's for a lot of people that's that's something that's harder to do than you think oh yeah but it can get you a, a hell of a long way i mean last year was was a huge i think i was one of the biggest growing youtubers in terms of percentages of subscribers last year because i trusted me instincts and when i when i felt it was right to do something i did it you mm. know but getting back with the kids uh, the younger lads mm. i always try and give them a bit of leeway in regards to the decisions they make because i always think fuck me if that crazy young brian had been on youtube That's at it, fucking man. 19 20 god people would not have been I would have went after everyone mm. I would have been aggressive I would have started fights with every single YouTuber to prove myself to take them on to like I, I don't know I, I wouldn't have been mentally ready for it so yeah when they do make mistakes I try and let them off with it that's what I've really enjoyed about coming mates with you is because is the is you're not you're not the Brian I thought you'd be you're not the sorry you're not I, like, I, I don't really call you True Geordie or Geordie, whatever I call you, Brian. Of course, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but I, but I, because I don't really that true Geordie. I don't really know that true Geordie. The, I think the, sorry, the an, one from three, four years ago. Yeah, You're people different. have an image, of, especially uh, a couple of years ago when I was a lot more aggressive on my videos. Mm. But I think people know the real me a lot more now from the podcast and stuff. 
what characteristic do you think that you've shown during this kind of the process of you becoming successful and getting the 1.4 million and all those things that what's the characteristic that people won't go to like people go look it's about hard work it's about talent or whatever what's the characteristic that you're that you've got or that you've showed or that you've learned that has surprised you that that is important business wise i'm i'm getting i'm getting stronger and stronger and stronger understanding uh the decisions to make what's a key element of that forethought yeah i th i think long term i think i think ahead of other people and uh and i see things coming before they happen so i'm perceptive and um i can predict things before they happen as well so a lot of the time behavior of other people i see how they're going to react before it happens so i i'm i'm good at that uh and 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 yeah, I, I don't know. It's a bit weird to talk about yourself in that way. But yeah, I feel like those are some of the things that have really helped me because when I've made decisions this year and they've been the right decisions in the last year rather, uh, it's because like the whole Logan Paul situation, I, I, I knew how that would play out. Uh, not not the original it's not video. Original, yeah, yeah, in but, but later on when me and him started getting into a situation or whatever. And and, and other things where creating XO and uh, knowing how that would turn out. I just say things clearly. Mm. I don't get emotionally wrapped up in them. So that's that's been helpful. Would you rather be liked? So at the end of it, when you were, when all this is done. Mm. Not the interview. Like years of time would you rather be liked or would you rather be respected that's a funny question that yeah I got, I've got to give credit to the missus for that one she's desperate for me to ask you that because she asked me it and I I won't give my opinions on it yet but initially my opinion I, I had an opinion on that question I was thinking about this the other day because um because actually, you live in a world of YouTube that involves likes, that it involves being popular, but then at the same time, respected. You'd rather be respe respected, but everyone, people didn't really like you. I'd go for respected, yeah, because it's tough, though, isn't it? Mm, no, it's nice to be liked, but it's not essential. It was people know, regardless of whether they like you or dislike you, the value of you, and that to me is uh, a little bit more than being liked because I don't know I I made a decision coming into this game that I was like I know not everyone's gonna like us I just know it I'm, I'm a really fucking uh, in your face character sometimes uh, and and I think that people will judge a book by its cover a lot with me and I knew that was coming so I was like alright well this is gonna go this way to start with at least mm. and eventually I might change their mind down the road and uh, it's funny because a lot of me mates uh, lads I work with their wives or their girlfriends initially really don't like me, uh, especially with the way I talk about women, obviously. Um, but eventually, I think that they see a lot of it as jokes and a lot of, and I am actually not a bad bloke. But uh, when it comes to respect, I don't know. I, I look at people I admire, and I think, did they worry about being liked? Nah. I think there's, um, I think there's being, there's. Be there's being reasonable as well and sometimes if you're being reasonable and fair i think fairness is a really important thing and if you're <coughs> if you're being fair and that person if they haven't been fair then 
that might lead to them not liking you and that's not your problem because at least you've done it on a, on a level that's reasonable Man, do you know what I mean the, the YouTube comments are a classic example of like they're a place where my audience if you're enjoying a video you're probably not going to comment great video Brian like you're probably just going to sit there and enjoy it go on to the next one or whatever afterwards but if you're annoyed or whatever you probably leave more of a negative comment yeah yeah like the YouTube comments classic you're not you just can't keep everyone happy so fuck it like um, yeah respected every okay. time and final question ask everyone this one um, what keeps you up at night? I want to be financially set for life not because I'm obsessed with money or bullshit like uh, cars and houses and that it, it, it's more the worry that I've had at times in my life of not having any money like I said with the bread and milk and shit like that it it was horrible it was really really horrible and, I, and now I've got the bit between my teeth with YouTube and I'm like uh, I'm not set for life yet by any means but I, I feel like I'm in, a, in the vehicle to get us there. I'm like, all right, how do I get from here to not having to worry about money ever? And that's what I'm trying to get to as quick as I can so that then I can, I can just concentrate on being happy and doing what I want to do. Whereas I'm not there yet. Mm. That's interesting because, you know, money is such an important thing for people. But it sounds like that's a gr that's almost a good way of looking at money. Is that I I want money because I don't want to have to think about money. That that's it really. It, it, because it, that's true happiness. Isn't yeah, it? It, and, and this is what me me mama was told us is is be happy. And to me, uh, it, life isn't uh, all about money. But you know, when you haven't got money, it, it, it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so I just I just think to myself. All right, this is this is YouTube. This is the game I'm in. This is this business. This is that business. This is how I can, you know, build this into that. This is, you know, this these are the things I'm thinking about in order. And and it might seem a bit straightforward to people because I'm just uploading fucking YouTube videos. But I've got much bigger plans than where I am right now. And it's just about how to get to those points. And um, and yeah, hopefully I do. We can do another one of these. Yes, mate. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe years time. Going back to doubt. If people, as someone who has no time for doubt, what would you say to people who do have doubt in their life, in their mind, in what they want to do, or how they want to well, navigate life? Doubt, doubt is healthy. The only reason I don't have doubt is because I'm in a place where I, I know I'm fucking on the right track now. I just, I just know it. Um, and and you have to get to that point in order to remove it. So doubt is healthy. You should you should doubt yourself to a degree. Um, and think of all the possibilities. I, I guess I'm just fucking sound like a right arrogant cunt, but I just trust myself. I, uh, yeah, I don't think it is I, arrogant, mate. Yeah, I, I trust myself because I've been proven that. All right, every when I, um, you know, when I said about me, um, me mate's dad, who was the, when you put your apprenticeship, I thought you were fucking mental. 
Well, imagine how mental me mates thought I was when I was uploading videos shouting at footballers <laughs> on YouTube. Do you know, people thought, probably thought I was losing me fucking mind. Yeah. I know, I know people thought I was losing me mind because they knew how low I was as well. As well. So you see that as well, you're probably thinking, fuck me. But, um, Do you know what I think is good from this conversation with mm -hmm. you that I didn't know before? And, you know, I started with that question, we're kind of ending with it, mm -hmm. is that I, I, I had the perception of you that you don't ha have, have any doubt the truth is which is nice thing for me mm. and the nice thing for people watching is that you do have doubt you did have doubt but mm -hmm. there are though that doubt slowly get that mark of doubt on a, you know as a pen on the wall there's a watermark that kind of comes and washes it away each time it kind of splashes it and as the layers layers and layers kind of go away that washes away that doubt yeah i, I would i would say and that's just like it's the confirmation of all right i went to this i tried that i tried this tried that it all failed but then i went to youtube and then i was like all right well i'm still struggling a bit but it's getting better and then i was like all right i'm onto it i'm onto it and i'm working it out and i'm working it out and i'm working it out and i'm getting better and better and better and eventually i'm like right i'm on the right fucking path now i know it so and, and so many little things when i look back at my childhood which we, we couldn't have had the time to cover but just little signs uh that you look back on and think yeah Fuck me, I was always meant to do this. Um, but it, it is good to have doubt. But there comes a point where if you've got the balls to put yourself in the position to risk it and, and, and try and go for that happiness, whatever that might be, um, eventually, I hope anyway for anyone watching, that they get to a position where that is confirmed, that you are in the right place now. And that's when you drop the doubt and go for it, right? Mm. It's like... Uh, I'm I'm sure, and this is just an extreme example, but I'm sure that uh, fucking footballers like Ronaldo and Messi or whatever, they get to a point where they, you know, it eventually just everything starts clicking for them. And, and, and they're an extreme example of that, or a boxer who knocks everyone out. It just starts happening, do yeah. you know what I mean? But it's, it's getting to that place that you're meant to be in, whether that be in a boxing ring or an office somewhere where you're an executive and you're one day going to run a company or whatever, mm. where you, uh, you just have to drop the doubt and, and go for the goal. I think it's a good way to end, mate. Mm. Thank you. Big love, mate. James Lawrence Olcott. Subscribe <laughs> to him if you're here from my channel. The kid is a fucking legend. Thank you, Pat. Um, right. So that was the process. If you haven't checked out the other episodes, go and check them out. They're, they're also cracking chats as well. Mm. Um, subscribe to the channel and let me know who you want me to interview next in the comments below. And I can hear Lawrence McKenna's name already. I know Lawrence, they've been I'm after Lawrence, all right. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm after Lawrence. Um yeah, thanks for watching. I'll see you soon. Ask him if he got the grass stains out of his jeans. <laughs> Not in front of his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs>